The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 138 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is how to survive caring for aging parents. Aging is something that happens to us all. As we age, we all tend to be a bit more forgetful, a bit more eccentric, and a bit more cranky. But there's Alzheimer's disease, a brain disease that can't be stopped, can't be reversed, or can't be cured. Alzheimer's disease is not a normal part of aging, though it's increasingly likely to affect people as they age, which means that it will affect more and more people as the population ages. It slowly destroys memory and thinking. It slowly destroys the ability to carry out the simplest of tasks. It slowly destroys the ability to recognize even members of the person's own family and it slowly destroys speech. So someone well down the road of Alzheimer's disease may not be able to communicate that they have a painful sore in their mouth. Instead, they become aggressive or even violent. Now, our guest today is Jacqueline Marcel. Jacqueline was so influenced by her experience of caring for her parents, both of whom lived with Alzheimer's disease, which went undiagnosed for over a year, that she wrote Elder Rage. Elder Rage is a best-selling Book of the Month club selection with 360 five-star Amazon reviews and that's now a candidate for a film. Her book's 50-plus endorsements include Hugh Downs, Regis Philbin and the Johns Hopkins Memory Clinic, and the National Adult Day Service Association's Media Award. She's received the Advocate of the Year Award of the National Association of Women Business Owners. She's given numerous prestigious presentations, including the California Governors Conference, the National Security Agency, the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, and the Florida House of Representatives. She's been interviewed by the Today Show and CNN, and featured in an AARP bulletin cover story. And she hosts the Coping with Caregiving radio show. Welcome to this show, Jacqueline. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, I'm going to go straight over to you with the very first question. Jacqueline, please tell us more about your professional career and your life as a family caregiver involved with family members with Alzheimer's disease. Well, 
things had been going along okay. I was a television executive, and then my life came to a grinding halt when I had to go take care of my parents. And I thought I'd be uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. I live in Southern California. I thought I'd maybe be there for a few weeks uh, helping them. And I was there for a year. <laughs> without a day off, and had no idea that was going to happen. Um, my mother had had a heart attack 11 years previous, and my father had taken care of her, refusing all help. He'd call me every day and, you know, check on how things were and what's going on with mom, and then tell me how hard it was. And I'd fly to San Francisco, and I'd get caregivers in place, and wouldn't be three days later, I'd get the phone call that, you know, we cannot work with your father. His temper is just terrible. He throws everybody out of the house and calls them nasty names, and he's not going to accept help till he's on his knees himself. So fast forward of 11 years of that, and now um, mom nearly dies from his inability to continue to care for her. And um, I had to step in despite his protests and thinking that, well, she... You know, can survive if she if I can bring her back from this. It was three months in the hospital that he'll surely accept help. Now, uh, seeing what's happened, and he still wouldn't. And it was the hardest thing I ever did. And once I finally solved it, medically, behaviorally, socially, legally, financially, emotionally, I was so mad <laughs> that nobody had told me so many things. You know, brand new caregiver coming into this, not knowing anything and trying to figure it all out, I said, my gosh, if I'd only known this and this and this, i got to write a book. So that's uh, how Elder Rage came about, just pure, pure infuriation, I think. And it came out with a lot of humor, so the, the subtitle is, Or Take My Father, Please. <laughs> <laughs> how to survive caring for aging parents. So I thought, who's going to want to read Elder Rage? You know, so it just came out of me with a lot of humor because Dad had a great sense of humor amid all the raging. He was pretty funny. So that's what happened, and uh, it's just sent me on a mission, a passionate, you know, ministry practically. You know, just to be out there and and try to influence people uh, so that they don't have to go through what I did. Right. Now, really, at the core of the whole thing, Jacqueline, what was it actually that motivated you to write the book? What was what? At the core of your reason for writing your book, what was it, you know, the real simple, straightforward thing that said to you, Jacqueline, I have to write a book? Well, every time my father would throw me out of the house, <laughs> I would have to go stay with my best friend, Linda, from, you know, first grade. We've been friends that long. And she I'd come home every day, and I'd tell her, and she goes, oh, my gosh, you've got to write a book. I said, Linda, I am not writing a book. I've never written a book. I, I got enough on my plate. So for a year, she kept saying to me, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. If you weren't my best friend and I wasn't living this with you, I wouldn't believe what's going on. You've got to write a book. And so when I finally, you know, like I say, solved it, it was like, She's right. How else am I going to help people? And here I was, a television executive and, you know, very businesswoman and always had business plans for whatever we were doing. I didn't really have a business plan. I just sat down and it poured out of me. And um, I didn't have any intention of launching a radio show or becoming an international speaker on Alzheimer's. Or I just was mad. And so sometimes right. I tell people, you know, sometimes you need that degree of passion. Sometimes when life takes you to your knees and nearly destroys you, 
It may also be the catalyst that propels you to a higher purpose and a higher passion and a higher reward. And that's what's happened to me. And you can't see it at the time, I'll tell you. <laughs> the last thing I ever wanted to, thought I would ever be wanting to do would be to deal with elder care issues. But uh, that's what happened. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it certainly is. Now, tell us what elder rage is and why is it such a challenge for family caregivers? Well, see, my dad always had a bad temper. This was nothing new. He'd pound that kitchen table and, you know, we'd all walk on eggshells trying not to upset daddy. So this was nothing new. But now what happens is a per- we enabled him. We Instead of saying, hey, love you, but when you're ready to talk nicely to us, we'll be back. If my mother had, you know, got my brother and I up and we left the room every time he did that, he would have learned, you know, 60 years ago that that behavior was not going to be appropriate. But he learned that behavior, we enabled it, we ingrained it. So he became addicted and trapped in his own bad behavior of a lifetime. And then when you add what I call a dash of dementia, because dementia starts very subtly, very intermittently, it comes and goes, it's not till very far into the disease that anybody can diagnose, you know, a 10-year-old, you know, Mom, Grandpa doesn't know me, doesn't know my name, doesn't know who I am. That's very, very far into it. It starts so subtle. So here you've got this ingrained behavior, and now you add this dash of dementia that's intermittently distorting reasonability and logic, and it comes and it goes. So one day he'd be my loving dad, and he'd be totally normal, and, you know, and then the next day it would be like, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. Who is this person? And it, and he would get upset over the simplest little things. And I and I say and I try to explain. I say, Oh, Dad, I'm so sorry. I, I I didn't know these these hand towels were these special. I bought you two new ones. I, you know, I had thrown them in the trash, and he threw them in my face. And how dare I throw away his hand towels? And you know, I'm crying and I'm sobbing, and I, I'm like. I, I, Well, with the knowledge I have now, I'd say, okay, this seems illogical. This seems irrational. Even for him, who's always had a bad temper, $1.50 hand towels are over the top. And I wouldn't have cried my heart out. I wouldn't have tried to plead with him. I would have understood the 10 early warning signs of Alzheimer's disease, which starts so subtle and intermittent, I can't make that more clear. And I would have gone, aha. What everybody does is they chalk it up to old age and stress. And that's what I did. I thought, well, he's been taking care of mom, and now she's in the hospital. She's almost died. You know, all the, I'm trying to come in and make changes he doesn't want. He's, you know, oh, and he's old. And, da, da, da. and so you make excuses thinking it's just a normal part of aging. And it was all that. He was stressed, and he was angry. I was trying to make changes he didn't want. And he was uh, getting older. And da, da, da. But... If I had understood the 10 early warning signs of Alzheimer's disease, boy, buzzers and bells would have gone off in my head, and I would have gone, oh, that's what's happening. Because when I took him to the doctor, he was adorable. (laughs) He was totally normal. And they'd say, what day is it? What time is it? Who's the governor? And he knew all that. And they'd say, well, for a man his age, you know, it's about right, you know, you know, he's been under stress, and I'd be, okay, you know, thinking that the, the healthcare professionals must know more than I do, 
Well, I was taking him to GPs, you know, general practitioners, an internist, a cardiologist, people that were not trained in uncovering the early stage of this. So what I want everybody to know, and I wish that they were just so known, like the back of our hand, that we just, everybody knew the 10 warning signs. You can get them off my website if you go to Elder Rage, two R's in there, elderrage.com. Scroll down on the left toward the bottom. You'll see the 10 early warning signs of Alzheimer's. They're okay. from the Alzheimer's and Association. Print those Jacqueline, out. we're going to come back to warning signs in a moment. Well, but it is our, those out our, so our time can... to um, take the break, which we're going to do now. But I just want to make one quick point. Um, you spoke of dementia. Dementia is a broad category of illnesses of the kind we're talking about. And Alzheimer's is one of the causes or one of the things that is called dementia, Correct. but it's actually the most common and probably the most troublesome of them all. Yeah. So, so on that point, we're going to take our short break. This is where we pay our rent. Okay. This is Dr. Gordon Adley. My guest is Jacqueline Marcel. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, we'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Do you find yourself tearing pictures of rooms out of magazines? Do you watch certain movies and TV programs because of the homes they show? Are Sundays reserved for open houses? Then you are a home dreamer. And someday, you will build or renovate your dream home. Steve Clip has spent three decades learning how to win at the dream home game. His show, Winning the Dream Home Race, can be heard every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Let Steve Clip help save you money and make you a winner. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jacqueline Marcel. Our topic is how to survive caring for aging parents. Let's now talk about the range of challenges that arise for family caregivers caring for a family member or family members with Alzheimer's disease. So Jacqueline, first of all, what do family caregivers first notice when Alzheimer's disease is starting to develop in a loved one? And you've already mentioned some of this, but I'd like you to go over it again. And what actions do you advise the family caregivers to consider and why? 
like I said, the big thing is knowing those 10 warning signs. So if you print those out and you have them in a little spiral notebook and you, you've you studied them, every time your loved one does one of these, you can write it down, you can keep track of them so that when you get to the doctor and the day you go, they're, they're always sharp as a tack, and you can talk to the doctor privately and say, here's some examples of some of the things that I have noticed, like, you know, my mother asked me the same question the other day, within within 10 minutes, the same question like three times. And I know now that that's one of the first early signs the short-term memory is not working. They're not able to retrieve new information that's gone in. Uh, or they've told me a story and, uh, you know, 15 minutes later start telling me the same elaborate story. Uh, I noticed that, you know, my... Uh, uh, father's misplacing things in odd places. I found his keys in the microwave the other day. Uh, you know, you'll have specific examples so that you can say to the doctor, I've called uh, my father's insurance company and I've researched the top neurologists who are specialized in dementia covered by his insurance. I've called the Alzheimer's Association, the Area Agency on Aging, the Alzheimer's Foundation. I've researched this. And I know that the doctor in my area that I would like to get a referral to, Dr. Smith, I need a referral from you, my primary, uh, my mom, my dad's primary care physician, uh, because I have these examples of things. And because what has to be done is blood, neurological, memory tests, uh, possibly PET scans, they have to re- uh, rule out reversible dementias, B12 deficiency, folate, thyroid, depression, uh, other medications. Uh, it ha- it's a complex, it's not a simple diagnosis. And so that's why you need to get the right doctor is the first key, getting to that doctor so they can determine what type of dementia it is. As you pointed out, dementia is just a big umbrella term. Alzheimer's is one type, makes up to 60 to 80 percent of all the dementias, but there's many types, Lewy body, frontal lobe, vascular, pig, there's all different kinds. So you've got to get to the right doctor who that's what they do. They specialize in diagnosing and treating dementia and what type of dementia it is. And because Alzheimer's is such a large percentage of them, the likelihood is toward that. But they all have different, some, some people will move through dementia more quickly. That's more indicative of a different type of dementia. The Average uh, for Alzheimer's about nine years, but people can go 20 years. So it's knowing what type of dementia it is, so you can plan uh, for uh, prepare ahead for what is probably coming, and uh, the appropriate treatment, at which the doctor will be more attuned to understanding which medications might help to slow down the progression of the. It actually masks the symptoms. We have some band aids medications for them, then in most people can mask the symptoms and keep the person more cognitively aware and more independent longer. Well, that's huge because if that's your mom or that's you and you can stay independent, I don't care if it's three months or three years, of course, very individual depending on other uh, health factors and, and lifestyle changes that you may be able to make once you know what's going on and you should have been making sooner. Um, 
gosh, that's huge because now your family's not having to hire caregivers to come in and take care of you and keep you at home. And uh, it's just costing uh, societies just tremendous amount of money because people are having to take time off work. Here, I had to uh, lose my, uh, a whole year of my life taking care of my parents. Now, Jacqueline, I'm just, I'm just going to stop you there because um, time, as you know, is a you're in the business too is a tyranny and i've got a couple more questions i want to ask you but we will have a chance to catch up so my next question for you is this um when a family member is developing what are called high-risk behaviors what are the challenges that family caregivers confront and you know an example of a high-risk behavior that many people would use is when the family member refuses to give up driving. What's your advice on handling those kinds of challenges and why do you give it? Jacqueline? Yes. Oh, the driving issue is really something, isn't it? Dad was uh, refused, you know, wouldn't give up the car keys and um, just awful and finally uh, took them away. He called me every nasty name you can imagine, you know, just furious with me and could no logic or reason. And so this is, you know, life and death now. So you've got to uh, figure out a way. And here's what I recommend you do. Uh, and if I had to do it again, this is what I would do. I would say to Dad, oh, my gosh, you know, the Department of Motor Vehicles called. you got to use a little phobology here. <laughs> I call it phobology. little white lie, but this is life and death. And uh, they, somebody, I don't know, must have reported you driving erratically, and I've got to take you over to the, the DMV, Department of Motor Vehicles, and um, they've got to test your, you know, eyes and, and reflexes and stuff. And uh, I would have called the Department of Vehicles. I would have had an appointment set up. I would talk to a supervisor, and he couldn't see the big E. His reflexes were bad. His hearing was bad. You know, judgment was bad. You know, just, you know, they would have taken away the license. Well, that's great, except somebody with dementia is going to forget that their license is no longer good. Middle of the night, get up and think, I want to go somewhere. And drive anyway. So you put the club on the steering wheel, the anti-theft locking device. So they can still keep their keys, you know, but the the device is on the... And now Dad almost ripped the steering column off when I did that. And I had one gal I was lecturing in... um, I think it was Seattle, and she said, oh, I did that. And the next day I got there, my father had AAA. They're sawing it off. <laughs> and Gosh. I said, well, demented does not mean stupid. Okay, so we're talking about the beginning of the disease where people are still intermittently with, quite with it and just having their logic and reasonability this is what I'm trying to reach, the people in the beginning of it, okay? Um, and so it, it, it just... It distorts that reasonability. Now, if my father had been a uh, reasonable person, not with the beginning of dementia, he would have understood as a younger man, it's not safe for me to drive, but he couldn't understand that. So you have to do everything. There's ways you can put a, a locked, a, uh, in a locked glove compartment, a kill switch. So, hmm, gee, the car won't start. Gee, I guess I'll, I'll have to have it towed over and see if they can fix that, Dad. And then drive it all, you know, over somewhere to a friend's house and, oh, they just can't get that darn part in from wherever. <laughs> and so you do everything you have to do. If it's an older car, of course, distributor cap, you know, put a notch in their keys so the keys don't work. There's all kinds of little creative things that you can think of, but the, the main issue is that they cannot get behind the wheel of a car 
at, the statistics are just awful, you know, the high, higher accident rate with seniors uh, because nobody wants to give up the, the right to drive. Right. And seniors vote, and they keep voting down the uh, initiatives and the, you know, pending laws to check seniors' eyes and reflexes and hearing uh, more often. So, you know, here people are in their 90s, and they're getting their license automatic renewed in the mail. Right. And the family's like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe they got the light. How can I stop this? Well, you have to. Yeah. Jacqueline, that's uh, very clear and, and very well said, if I may say so. Let me, ask, let, let me ask you uh, a different type of question, but it's still the same matter of challenges for family caregivers. When a family member is now living in a care facility of one kind or another, what are the challenges that the family caregivers should be watching for in those situations? Well, you need to get in touch with the ombudsman who monitors the area. That's your ally to make sure that there are no liens or there are no lawsuits against that facility, which, of course, you should have checked out before you placed your loved one there to begin with. Um, because of, you know, we hear all the stories about elder abuse and that type of thing that can occur. And um, many of these places, there's wonderful places, you know, I just, people are angels that do this type of work, but many of them are over over um, crowded. You know, have too many people that are there for the number of staff, and you know, ask yourself, you know, how hard is it to do that kind of a kind of work? And if you've got a challenging elder who's hitting you or spitting at you or calling you a nasty name when you're trying to help, you know, give them a shower, and you've got all these people you have to give shower to that day, are you? are these people trained with how to manage a challenging person? And so many times just out of sheer frustration, these types of professionals who work in these facilities will, will out of human nature, lash back. And instead of carefully sitting your loved one down in the chair because they've just been hit or spit at or had something thrown at them, may let them just flop down in the chair like, well, there you go. So a lot of, you know, marginal Elder abuse occurs. Of course, uh, there is the elder abuse that's very blatant, uh, where somebody is, you know, horribly abused. But marginal abuse uh, is rampant. And so the family has to be very on top, drop in in the middle of the night. My mother had to be in a subacute unit after she was released from the hospital, and it was a nursing home for a amount of time to see if she would be able to come back home. And I dropped in the middle of the night, and the person at the front desk was asleep. People were screaming. Buzzers were going off. Nobody was running to see if anybody needed anything. I was livid. Boy, I threw, you know, holy heck. And uh, they had a meeting the next day, and they were really on top of stuff when I... (laughs) I was there every day and making sure people came in in odd hours. I mean, I showed up at 4 in the morning, all kinds of things. I had them on their toes the entire time my mother was there. But how many people have the time to do that? Right. Now, unfortunately, talking of time, I have to stop us because we have to go to the break again. All right. We'll we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Alvey, and my guest is Jacqueline Marcel. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Thank you. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you're a golf enthusiast and looking for some great golf properties in the desert southwest, you'll want to make the Golf Realty Network your weekly stop. Hosted by Jane and Al Anderson, the Golf Realty Network is all about living where you play, on the golf side. You'll hear from the course pros and vendors, while the real estate side will bring you the top agents and brokers who know how to market or find your golf community home. Tune in to the Golf Realty Network, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety, and rebroadcast weekly on Voice America Sports. Are you lost, fed up, knowing you're better, and yet not knowing why? Let Derek O'Neill transform the not knowing into the knowing by showing you the way. Whether it's not being able to drop the excess weight to unhealthy relationships or finances that you know you deserve. Derek provides insights that are like magnets to invite what you want in your life and repel what you don't want. Tune in to Derek now to discover how to improve your life immediately and unleash the winner that you know you are and others need to see. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jacqueline Marcel. Our topic is how to survive caring for aging parents. Let's now talk about how family caregivers caring for a family member or family members with Alzheimer's disease should get the best of help from services and solutions that are available to them. So first of all, Jacqueline, what are the services and solutions you advocate for helping with the greatest family-related challenges um, for family caregivers caring at home for a family member? Well, adult daycare is the absolute answer. Uh, once I finally got mom and dad diagnosed properly, finally got them to the right doctor, and finally got them balanced chemically with the right medications, and I'm not a big fan of medication, but we got the, the minimum uh, medication for the maximum output, and it was, it was challenging, but we got that balanced. Once the brain chemistries were balanced, we slowed the progression of the dementia, we dealt with the depression in both parents, and the aggression in my father. We were able to get my parents out of bed. They, they would just not get out of bed prior to this. And I could get them in daily activities at an adult day center. Shuttle came, picked them up. They were there. They had stimulation all day. They had socialization. They had new food. They had exercise. And I got the break as a caregiver at that point, finally, to do anything other than manage the care of two people. And so I highly recommend adult daycare. Of course, you have to check them out thoroughly, and it's just such a shame that many of them uh, have had to close their doors because of funding. And I'm a huge advocate for uh, the National Association of uh, National Adult Day Services Association. 
Um, but that is the answer for taking care of people at home and getting them to go because they, you know, they have movies, they have interaction with animals and even children sometimes. They had, mom and dad had field trips to the, you know, different things locally that they would go to. And they would come home, and then they would tell me about their day. And I wasn't the focus as the primary caregiver. Instead of being the focus of Dad's rage, <laughs> you know, they always will. The closest person to them, the caregiver, the family member, gets the brunt of their frustration. Now there was professionals at Adult Day Healthcare because healthcare uh, for Alzheimer's patients. There were people there trained in managing people with dementia who knew how to take care of him and manage him. So they would come home from that, and then they would have things to talk about, you know, what they did that day. And, uh, you know, Dad would say, they didn't feed us anything over there. And Mom goes, oh, yes, they did. We had a lovely lunch. And he'd go, shh, <laughs> he wanted to eat more food. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't tattle on me. So some of the funny things that happened, you know, uh, but that was the answer. And then during that time, I always recommend that you ask the adult day center and ask your, uh, call your local hospital and the Alzheimer's, those resources I gave, and find out where the support groups are for the type of dementia your loved one has. Is it a Lewy body dementia? There's a support group for that. Is it, you know, Alzheimer's? Is it ticks? Whatever it is. And get yourself to a support group because when you are around people that are going through this, there are people that are farther ahead in the journey than yourself. And its solutions will start to present themselves when you say, oh, my mother does this. Or, oh, my mother did the same thing. Here's what we did. Oh, my gosh, what a great idea. And because when you talk to your friends, their eyes will kind of eventually roll back in their head. They can't take anymore. It's too icky. They don't want to deal with it. As close to friends as they've been to you, it's too sad and it's too upsetting and they have their own challenges and then you're upset that your friends have abandoned you. So get to people that are going through this with you. And you know what? You're going to be able to, after you get farther into it, you'll then be the one that a new person will come in with dark circles under their eyes that they've been crying for days on end and they don't know how to manage. And you can be the one to say, oh, honey, let me help you. What's going on? Oh, my father's calling me all these horrible names that I just get bigger. And that's what happened to me. He would call me these awful, awful, horrible language. And I got to the point where it just bounced off finally. Instead of crying my eyes out and pleading with him to stop berating me, I know I'm a B, I'm a W, I'm a da 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 Yes. And I know to just change the subject, and the words didn't mean anything. Well, if I had known that a year sooner, I could have saved a fortune in Kleenex. Right. Jacqueline, I'm going to move to the next question. I'm reluctant to stop you with what you were talking about because it was so powerful. No problem. Let me, let me ask you about the services and solutions for families and fa- family caregivers who confront financial uh, challenges and you know and the related social challenges that go with financial challenges yeah. what are the services and solutions you advocate for them well that's the big mission here is understanding these types of dementia and the early warning signs as early as possible so that you can intervene before you need 24 7 care because that's what wipes everybody out so uh, the stages I want to make sure everybody knows for Alzheimer's is something called mild cognitive impairment. That, that 
five, eight years of that, nobody goes to the doctor. Oh, she's always had a bad memory. Oh, she's always been difficult. Oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Now, not everybody, but quite a good portion of those people will progress to stage one. That's two to four years. Nobody goes to the doctor for that. Now, if everybody woke up in one of those two areas when it was beginning and slowed down the progression of the symptoms and kept the person independent longer, they would be saving a ton of money. Because once it goes to the beginning of stage two, that's usually the crisis point where they left the stove on and almost burned the house down. They started wandering. They refused to give up the car keys, and the family did not want, didn't want to be a chauffeur, so they just let them drive to the local store. Now they've run somebody over or had an accident. Something's happened where now they finally get the diagnosis. Now they can never be left alone. And that's unfortunately where most people reach out for help is the crisis point, and that's when now your job, your spouse's job, you're you're trying to hire a geriatric care manager long distance, who I highly recommend to go in. You're paying by the hour. You're trying to find caregivers to come into the home. You're using the agencies. You're paying 20 or $25 an hour for care with a four-hour minimum, and So most families try to do it themselves. Well, then you're losing your job. So the cost of this disease, if we could delay the onset, just back it up so people, because that stage two is two to ten years. Some people move through quickly, some fast. Then you go stage three, one to three years. One to three years, and that typically is nursing home time. But if we can delay, see, because one out of eight by age 65 gets this, but nearly one out of two by the age of 85 gets it. So if we can get everybody to wake up in MCI, mild cognitive impairment, in stage one, and delay the the progression, people will pass before they get to that one to three years. And hopefully, you know, they'll get treated before they get to the two to two to 10 years or shorten that duration of that. They'll have a heart attack or they'll have infection or pneumonia or something else before this progresses to the point where, my gosh, we're spending how much, how much, many, 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 many thousands of dollars to care for somebody. Um, The Alzheimer's Association says if we can delay um, just a one-month delay in nursing home placement, if everybody, you know, listened and woke up early, we could save a billion dollars a year. And if we can delay the onset of this disease through diet, exercise, you know, learning something new, all the things that we, that the the scientists believe can help uh, cut down the onset of this. Um, And there's a huge correlation between um, diabetes and heart disease. Huge now. It's always been suspected, but all the science is coming out now. So, for, like what we know for every disease, get your weight under control, eat healthy, uh, do a little exercise, socialization, do some, uh, learn something new, all these things that we know. If we can delay by five years everybody getting this disease, we're looking at $50 billion savings. So the key for people is, is to wake up early and to look into long-term care insurance. It's not for everybody. I have a section in my book in Elder Rage about long-term care. All the questions you need to know when you buy, when you're going to buy it or thinking of buying it, and you want to buy it from an agent that doesn't sell just one uh, company. You want an agent that sells all the different companies available so they can listen to your situation 
situation, know what your your needs are, what your financial resources are, and supplement to that tune. The average person stays in a nursing home for about four years. So you want to look into a comprehensive policy that covers the cost of caregivers to come into the home as well as if the person moves into a board and care or assisted living all the way to skilled nursing and dementia care. And, you know, if I'd had it on mom and dad, it would have saved their life savings and most of mine. I funded it. Thank goodness I, when when I was making money, I saved, I was careful, but it nearly wiped me out. And uh, two parents with 24-7 care uh, in their home for five years. How much do you think that costs? (laughs) So I'm a huge advocate for people investigating long-term care insurance, but it has to be bought, like all insurance. Can't buy it after the house burns down. You gotta buy it before a diagnosis of any type of dementia. So if you understood the warning signs and you started noticing some of these intermittent signs coming and going, man, the first thing I would be doing is be buying long-term care insurance. Right, now I'm going to stop you there because you um, put uh, emphasis on basically understanding as soon as you can possibly do that what actually you're dealing with, or what's going wrong in the brains of your loved ones. And sure, and you're absolutely right, if the medical development, so to speak, if the disease itself can be slowed down. That's an important uh, step. But it seems to me from what you're saying, Jacqueline, that getting a grip on what's actually going on and understanding it is also vital for planning things, like the financial. That's right, isn't it? It's huge. You've got to be an advocate. I I say to people all the time, what medications is your mom taking? Oh, I don't know, whatever the doctor gives her. I, uh, yeah, she got diagnosed with that. Uh, I guess it was Alzheimer's. I don't know. She's taking some. Uh, then they name some medication that's an antidepressant, you know. Oh, yeah, they gave her some yeah, some Zoloft. And I'm like, do you, you know, I'm not hearing any of the four medications that are uh that we use now for the dementia. And there's a okay. hundred medications in clinical trials. We just need one of those to work better than the ones we have, and yeah. hopefully one that'll be a cure. But, you know, there's been billions of dollars spent on trying to find this. So people have to be advocates for their own health. And people, exactly. must, you know, stop no. the smoking. Come on. You know, if you've got an addiction of whatever it is, You've got to get a handle on that. And once you start researching addictions and you understand dopamine and serotonin, and you, you, this is all online now. And if you've got a, you know, a, a real problem with, with obesity and, and weight issues, leptin resistance. Everybody research leptin, L-E-P-T-I-N resistance. Jack, You're not a bad person. Point. On that point, I'm afraid I have to stop you okay. because we're going into the break again. But we have some more to say when we come back from it. So let's take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Anthony, and my guest is Jacqueline Marcel. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The inner workings of the mind and body are a fascinating study into who we are. 
our motivations, creativity, wants, and fears. Is everyone capable of great atrocities as well as great accomplishments? What haunts or helps us pursue the things we desire? We all want to know why we do the things we do and what makes us unique, but even more, we want to know what to do next. For answers to these questions, tune in to The Mind of the Matter with Dr. Susan Hickman on the Voice America Variety Channel every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific. Join us every week as we help you master the mind of the matter. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Jacqueline Marcel. Our topic is how to survive caring for aging parents. Uh, Jacqueline, I want now you to talk about help, respect and support for family caregivers caring for Alzheimer's disease. We know that we've already talked about it. It's very apparent that family caregiving can be exhausting physically, psychologically, and financially. So how can family caregivers care for themselves, and where can they get help in caring for themselves? It's the biggest thing ever. I didn't take care of me, and 30-some years younger than my parents, and nothing will happen to me, and I was getting every cold and flu, and the cortisol and adrenaline that's rushing through your system. You never get a break. And I got breast cancer. So one of my biggest missions now is care for the caregiver. And listen to me, you, everybody. You have to put you first. And I know you've heard it before, but I'm telling you, I gave my parents five more years of life in their 80s. It cost me several years of my 50s. Now, they did not want that for me. They didn't raise me and go through everything they went through to give me such a good life to have their illness shorten my life. So don't even think you can do it by yourself. Call your friends and say, you know, Kathy, can you call me every Monday? Linda, can you call me every Tuesday? Gordon, can you call me every Wednesday? You know, can you handle listening to me once a week? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. So then you'd at least know the phone's going to ring once a day. Somebody you can, you know, moan and groan to if you can't get to a support group. There are online support groups, tons of them now, where you can, you know, it's 3 a.m. and you can't call your friend and you can't get to a support group, but I'll guarantee you there's other caregivers online, and it's daylight in Australia. There's caregivers there, too. So online support groups. And then when people say to you, oh, is there anything, I, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry, which I hit this all the time, is there anything I can do to help, you know, what, you know, what you're going through with your parents? And I'd be like, yeah, shoot me. <laughs> Make a list of all the things you need done. It can 
can be 50 things. Uh, the car needs tires rotated. The pantry needs cleaning out. I, I can't even get over to get a new battery for my watch. Oh, mom and dad's pants are all, they're tripping on them. They're so long, I need to have them shortened. Uh, the lamp that dad threw at me is broke. I need that fixed. The curtains he pulled down are all broke. The, the thing came out of the wall. <sighs> Bake some cookies for the freezer. Uh, take me to lunch. You know, just all these things, everything from the simplest thing to the hardest thing. Come watch mom for a few hours while I go do da-da-da-da-da. So that when somebody says that to you, they have a list of 50 ideas, and, and they can pick out one. Well, oh, I just don't want to see your mom like that anymore. It's too hard of me. Well, gee, I could bake some cookies for her, though. You know, something that they feel like they can do for you, you've told them. So you have to, as a caregiver, tell people what you need and not let them be a mind reader. (laughs) Sorry to stop you, but time again. Uh, But tell them what you need leads us into the next question. You see, right across North America and Europe, governments are really getting worried about the burden of Alzheimer's and similar diseases on the healthcare system. So what is your urging for government and healthcare systems that they should do to increase respect and support for family caregivers? What would you do? Well, the funding. I mean, the funding here in the States has just been cut for so many caregiving services that's that's taken a decade or more to to get in place, and they're just being cut. And when the economy finally comes back, trying to get all these people back in place and these programs that were set up to help family caregivers is just a travesty. So the sheer numbers of people coming uh that are going to have this disease if you if you count the 5.4 million Americans right now that have alzheimer's the multi millions that are in mci and stage 1 that have not been diagnosed the sheer numbers of uh 78 million Americans that are uh, in the United States here that are baby boomers and one out of you know one out of uh, eight by the age of 65 and 10,000 Americans are turning 65 every day so this huge silver tsunami that's coming here and is coming in every country around the world as a population of the world is getting older it's just this epidemic that's going to consume countries trying to care for people so more funding has to go into care for the caregiver and education 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 to understanding and taking responsibility for their own health people have to take responsibility and it's just a travesty what's happening with our food and our toxicity our environment and all this stuff that we're uh, given to eat that's that's uh, impacting our health so we're getting diabetes we're getting heart disease and the correlation for that translating into cancer and then translating into um, Alzheimer's and some type of dementia is huge yeah now You've already given a message to family caregivers, but I want to ask you this. What's your strongest message for family caregivers who are caring for a family member aging at home where Alzheimer's may be a possibility? What's your message? Take, uh, I'm going to give it to you through the phone right now. It's the Jacqueline Marcel Emotional Shield. What you have to do is not allow the cortisol and the adrenaline to surge through you and make you sick. Uh, you've got to put yourself first. 
And the only way you can do that is if you have an approach to this as this is a disease when uh, your loved one's calling you every nasty name. And you, I was there nine months, and Dad looked at me and said, you've never done anything to help us. Well, just shoot me, you know. So you've got to learn to understand that's part of the disease and how to distract them and just, oh, I'm sorry, you're not having, you're not feeling good. Oh, did you hear? We got a letter from Aunt Rose. Oh, they're going to have a program on about this. Oh, you know, you distract, you redirect, you talk about the old days. The long-term memory is still quite good. It's the short-term memory that's the problem. You validate frustrated feelings. I'm sorry, you're not feeling well. Gosh, let me do something special for you. You have to become a psychologist in the trenches to learn how to manage these behaviors so that you do not have damaging chemicals surging through you that will make you sick. The ironic part, Jacqueline, is this, that on the one hand, family caregivers are burdened so heavily, just the things you've been talking about, yet on the other hand, the healthcare systems seem to be relying more and more on family caregivers to if you like, take some of the burden off the costs of government. Right. I think, I think you know, that's where all of us who care about this need to do what you've just done, Jacqueline, and that is to talk about their own experiences, to talk about what they need, and to speak together with a voice like you've got, like you've done through your book, about what needs to be done, because that way we're going to get changes. Now, I know I'm trying to recruit you to a, uh, an activist cause, but my sense is that you and I are both together on that point. Exactly. This is, I've been advocating uh, just day and night for over a decade now on this, and uh, denial is still the biggest factor, as I'm sure you know. People just don't want to deal with it till they're so far into it, and then they're upset they didn't wake up sooner. That's it's like exactly any disease, right. you know. Oh, why didn't I eat right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, if only I'd known. Yep. Now, we are unfortunately coming to the end of, we've come to the end of this very important episode. And I want to say thank you to Jacqueline for everything. That is, talking so openly about your own experience and sharing with us your insights and also giving us your advice in terms that come through very clearly. So, what you're continuing to do, Jacqueline, in all of that, we wish you every possible success. And thank, thank you. And anything I can do, let me know. And I hope everybody will go on my website at elderrage.com. There's tons of valuable resources there for you. And they can find that out by looking at the landing page of this program because the information will be there. Oh, great. Now, now, just as a closing comment, at Family Caregivers Unite, we welcome hearing from our listeners, and we also want to hear from people who would like to be our guests or, or who have suggestions for topics. Now, and in, in our next episode, we'll talk about justice for persons whose mental health conditions render them especially vulnerable to abuse. So please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being around. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program. 
brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 